since brevity is the soul of wit. More of your conversation would infect my brain. Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo? To speak of him as my kinsman, he's a most notable coward, an infinite and endless liar, an hourly promise breaker, the owner of no one good quality worthy your lordship's entertained. I'd beat thee, but I should infect my hand. The lady doth protest too much, methinks. The course of true love never did run smooth. You're Lindsay. You're Aiden. Yes, we are. And we are the Bix. No, what are you doing? I'm starting off odd. That's an odd play, Lindsay. Let's just roll with it, okay? So this is the Bix pod, and we're here to talk about Measure for Measure. We are. Uh, One of Shakespeare's uh, less famous uh, comedies, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, And an interesting play. No less enjoyable than other plays of his. Um, I'm curious, maybe we can talk a little bit about why it's not as well known or studied or performed as some of the other comedies. Yeah, we didn't have Um, it on our list of the last episode. We didn't. We hadn't read it yet, though. Yeah, that's why. That's part so, of the reason why. Um, uh, and now. now I think we can comment on it quite quite knowledgeably, yeah. Um, but before we even get started on that, Aiden, it's your turn to do the to do the honors this episode mm-hmm. of of setting us up with a nice synopsis. Are you uh are you ready to go? I'm as ready as I'll ever be, Lindsay, which is to say, of course, not at all, but we're gonna give it a try. Do you wanna see the countdown as I'm doing this? Or do I, you I, I can see the screen to? now. I can see the screen. I'm okay. It will not help because I'm still gonna fuck it up. Get ready for 25 seconds of the first scene, babies. <laughs> babies. Babies, multiple babies. <laughs> you ready? I'm ready. Go. Duke of Vienna leaves his court, uh, leaves it behind in the hands of a guy named Angelo, uh, who institutes a harsh policy, no sex, and what do you know, a guy named Claudio uh, has sex with his fiance, uh, And then Angelo has to, uh, no, 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 uh, Claudio's sister tries to get him free by appealing to Angelo, and Angelo will only do it if she has sex with him. Hilarity ensues, <laughs> and we are on our way to 30 seconds of joy. Just like Angelo. <laughs> you gonna stop it now? No, I'm trying. I was laughing too hard. <laughs> 30 seconds of joy just like Angelo. Uh, yeah. That killed me. Well, that is the gist of it. I mean, it really is this one conflict. I mean, there's a whole lot that goes on in between uh, the Duke. Yeah, you missed all the, the fun stuff with Elbow and... Oh, you Jesus, know, all yeah. that that whole conversation, well, which okay, is yeah. just also 30 seconds of joy. Um, <laughs> a couple hours of misery, too. Uh, but yeah, well, I mean, the Duke, it doesn't really disappear. He's hanging around the whole time. He's actually maybe the main character. We'll, we'll oh, get yes. to that. Yes, uh, he's, you know, he's doing his own thing. Uh, Isabella, the sister of Claudio, is doing her thing. Uh, meanwhile, Angelo's doing his terrible thing. With- and... With, uh, with trying whoever, to yeah, do trying with whoever do with, he can. Yeah, uh, but not with whoever he can because he winds up doing it with someone he doesn't want to do it with. It's a strange play, as we mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, and my uh, summary is not going to be. Yeah, you're taking extra time now away from uh, precious time from our episode. I, I apologize. It's a it's a gooder, actually. I Yeah, Lindsay, what did you think before we dive into the history of the play? Did you... Did you like it? Yeah, I think I, I I commented a few episodes ago that I hoped it would be a nonstop action-packed thrill ride. And there <laughs> certainly were scenes or acts in the case of Act 5, Being which is just scene, one yeah. scene, 40 pages long or whatever, <laughs> um, that certainly did have its highs and lows and was a, was quite the roller coaster. But yeah, um, but yeah I think it, it, uh, it deserves two thumbs 
Way up. Way up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I Two really thumbs did. up. Way up I reserve for I just think better. I think yeah. they're the the story is what it is, but the writing is really good. This is the mm-hmm. thing I'm I'm noticing, we've commented on this before, that Shakespeare's writing is just so much more mature and the, the writing is better. And so, you know, the the drawn out metaphors comparing you know, counterfeit coins to counterfeit babies and and marriages and, yeah. and all kinds of things. Like, it's just, it's it surprises me. When I'm reading it, there are things that I'm like, oh, I didn't see that coming yeah. uh, the, in the language itself that I, I appreciate. And it makes it a much more enjoyable reading experience than some of the earlier, more plotting plays that... Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Right? I mean, I think he's he's a master of his domain at mm-hmm. this point, to borrow a Seinfeld reference. And mm-hmm. it's it, it definitely shows. I found, actually, this one, I didn't notice much of the writing, to be honest. Uh, I was just kind of enthralled by the plot. Like, the plot yeah, is yeah. really quite uh, captivating in a sense, because you've just got this terrible bastard in angelo that you just want to root against. And you don't really know if the Duke is a... Uh, is a, is a source of good in the play until yeah. really the very end almost um it's obvious he he wants to be a good guy but you don't know exactly how he's going to land because his character is really messed up um so yeah that the, the play yeah i'd say so, solid play definitely definitely worth a watch or, or a read if you have the time yeah once more into the breach dear friends once more i'll close the wall up with our english dead uh, so, taking us back to 1603, 1604, when the play was written, uh, or believed to have been written, um, it was published for the first time in the first folio. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple of different sources for the play, so it's not an original story that Shakespeare comes up with. Um, the source for Measure for Measure is also the same source for Othello, for, for Shakespeare. Oh. So that's likely where he would have picked up, you know, I, I'm imagining Shakespeare going to a bookseller. Yeah, yeah, bookseller, sure. Why not? Yeah. You know, just going People into a bookstore. Books, yes. Um, <laughs> And picking up a book and leafing through it and is like, yeah, I'm going to do this play. I'm going to do that play, you know, because nothing says um, great playwright like ripping off, ideas. ripping off ideas from other people. Um, but there are small differences, obviously, between this. The, there are two sources, I, I guess, for the play. The first one was um, from a story from Cynthia's Glee, Hecatomathy. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I know that one. Um, Classic. From uh, about 50 years or so before. And then another one is from a Closet Drama, which that, was also sourced from Cynthia. Oh, okay. Is that the you're, name you're of wondering play? what a closet what, drama is? What is a closet drama, Lindsay? Uh, a play that was not intended to be performed on stage, but read by a solitary reader or sometimes out loud in a small Ooh, group. Okay. So says the Wikipedia page. Okay, good to know. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, they they both kind of take this story of of um, uh, I don't want to say betrayal, but betrayal and deceit and um, and and kind of play with those ideas of of what power corrupting and yeah. and all kinds of things like that jealousies fidelity and, and stuff, fidelity yeah. i guess that yeah. thank you yeah. and um, and then Shakespeare kind of takes it and and weaves these. Uh, these additional threads through that um, are 
I feel like they're very of the time, but also of our time as well. We, t- we mentioned this as we were both reading it, that um, we should have or could have included this in our politics episode. Hugely. <laughs> um, because, but but less so for, no, I guess for the, the quote unquote big P politics, like, you know, um, political stuff, but also for the small P personal politics that, um, that inter, are interwoven into the the structure of the play itself with things like women's rights, um, fidelity between husbands and wives, the expectations of marriage and, mm-hmm. and the societal pressures to, you know, so it's not just about Angelo's, uh, the, the lesson of Angelo's brief time as Duke of the most Italian Vienna that's ever existed. Yep. Um, you know, ultimate or absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I guess. Um, Although that is still a political message, there's also these other uh, political stripes that that come up in the play. Yeah, and then in and in terms of those personal ones, I think the the ones that obviously you'll you'll draw as soon as you get into the play is is about these women's issues, mm-hmm. basically uh, the way the women characters in the play are, are treated and and handled, and um, what the play says about femininity yeah and uh a woman's a worth woman's, yeah and a woman's role in, in the society of the day yeah um and it's obviously there's 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 some backwards thinking going on there uh sure. it's it, but it is still very topical uh you know the 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 final culmination scene involves angelo saying oh these women who are accusing me of sexual mysteries, they don't be know. crazy. Yeah, what are you talking she about? Ha- she's weak-minded, yeah. feeble-minded. You How can't she, believe her. You can't her? believe her. She's a woman. Yeah. Come on. And almost gets away with it uh, in a very... Arguably. Uh, arguably. Yeah. Uh, yeah, arguably. It's, 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 the, the ending's messy. But, but let's, let's talk about uh, some of those issues around... Uh, the female characters sure. and, and they, they really connect to a lot of the central themes that, that we wanted to talk about as mm-hmm. well. So um, one of the first ones right off the bat is, is the value of a woman uh, being obviously directly tied to her their, marital status, marital and sexual status. Sure. Absolutely. But uh, marital, I think because it's not just about uh, because your marital status could be determined by your sexual status. So I think yeah. ultimately marital status in the, the final scene when, um, uh, Marina, Marina, Mariana, Mariana comes up and is questioned. Um, she's either a maid, mm-hmm. uh, a widow, or a, a wife. Yeah. And when she's neither, they they wonder if she's a punk, meaning a, a sex worker. Um, which I didn't realize that was no, a I didn't word know that, that until I'm, this time. Yeah, thinking back in the seventies, yeah. punks, Britain, the yeah. punk rock scene. No, not at all. Um, probably so a little bit maybe a little bit <laughs> but the the idea that that those were the roles that you could have and if you if you wanted to be a sexual woman you could fit into one of those four roles or you could completely separate yourself and become a nun mm-hmm. and stay virginal your whole life which is Isabella's um, chosen, chosen path, path yeah. I guess yeah. uh, so I would say it is their marital status or or 
you know, uh, to an extent, I think the you're right. Like it, it, but it ultimately stems from their sexual status. Like, yeah, either Isabella has value, especially to Angelo. He comes out right and says it. Like, it's because she's so pure and virginal and sweet and innocent and well, and she positive. speaks well. Well, I think that's okay, also part of it. A little but bit, but mostly it's because she's so good that yeah. he feels the need that he's finally tempted because yeah. all the other women that he's ever met her have been one of these other three things and yeah. not uh, purely virginal. Right, and he's a to the purely virginal aspect of her which means she has like immense value in his twisted little mind yeah um so that you have that kind of end where where her sexual status as unimpeachable Mm -hmm. uh means she's basically has the utmost value yeah then you have someone like julietta who's uh claudio claudio's baby mama yeah yeah the (laughs) the wife to be yeah um and we'll get to the hand fasting ceremony in a little bit but um you have her in the middle who's kind of like a conventional kind of what the audience would view as like, yeah, she's a normal woman who yeah. had sex a little early. That was it. But she's not completely worthless. She's she's uh, she's in love with Claudio. Yeah. He's in love with her. It's not. And and it, I, I think it's important to remember that, yes, Claudio and Julieta did have sex outside of the church sanctioned marriage but they did as Aiden mentioned have a hand fasting ceremony that would have well, been it's referenced that they're, they're well yeah but that would have been enough and I think it's it's a it's a wink to the audience that um who would have understood this as valid this is a valid marriage like yeah. these two in in the eyes of the community would have been married there's no reason for Claudio to have been put to death for this yeah. and so um so the fact that they both love each other and that, you know, Julieta has no intention of, of straying from Claudio. She's going to be a good mother. She wants to be a mother, as you've written in your notes. She wants to be reclaimed into the motherly role because mm-hmm. of having had sex. She's a fallen woman now, right? Yeah. And there's all this shame associated with it. This is bizarre, but that's but, how but, but it she's, works. Yeah, well, but she's not fallen. That's the thing is that yeah. she is. She can do this reclamation work. Whereas uh, then there's the sex workers yes, uh, of the story, who which who are completely f- foregone. And, and we know that from the very beginning because yes. we hear that the all of the brothels in Vienna are being shut down. At mm-hmm. least the ones in the suburbs, the one in the cities, the Have ones in the cities. No, I think they're being confusing. allowed to stay for a while, but then eventually they are shut yeah, down yeah. because Mistress Overdone is, yes. is carted away yes. midway through Rounded the play. Rounded up in the, yeah, yeah, that's right. But yeah, so I mean, this is something that is being, you know, the, those roles are being phased out, I guess, but but forcibly. I don't know if they're being phased out so much as enforced through Angelo. Like Angelo is, yes. is, is applying now a moral and political uh, framework to these these different figures of yeah, female sexuality exactly and, and it's policing yeah, female sexuality yeah one hundred percent that that's really yeah that, that's the name of the game in the play really as yeah. uh, female sexuality policing one on one way to go Angelo um, the the second one that kind of is obviously tied into that is is women's desire and the the uh, the the de- the desire. I was going to say, yeah, there's really nowhere to go after that. It's women's desire. It's it's yeah. the 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 crux of of the issue and um, kind of the range of uh, acceptable behavior within that realm as well. It's obviously very tied to the to the chastity and virginity rule, um, but it's it's also reliant on uh, 
the man's desire being reciprocated and it being a kind of like a positive, healthy relationship. Again, you have Claudio and Julieta, and then you have Angelo and uh, Isabella yeah. as these these contrasts of Angela or Isabella doesn't want it. Angelo doesn't even want it until he finds Isabella, mm-hmm. and then he's the only one who wants, it and she doesn't want it. Yeah, and then you still have so there. There's this complete mishmash of or mix mismatched sorry there you go. <laughs> uh, senses of desire uh and then there's julietta and claudio which is perfectly in alignment and they just they went a, a few months too early kind of thing um and then you also have uh then you also have uh someone like pompey who we haven't even talked about but he's right. kind of like this lower class figure in the play um who kind of also views sex as just like a natural thing that's going to happen and yeah. women are going to have desires like young julietta is going to be killed and it's it's not fair really uh and meanwhile he's uh it's kind of he's called a bod repeatedly throughout mm-hmm. the play he's basically a pimp i think is what it, it boils down to oh really um that's that's how i interpreted it because huh. uh the mistress overdone is also called a bod so I, I was kind of confused as to what yeah. he calls himself a tapster, which I assume is like someone who taps I thought, beer oh. kegs. I really don't know. Yeah, well, it was it was confusing because I, I looked that up too, and the definition included the word tapster in it, so it didn't really help much. And that's like you know, dictionary writing one hundred and one. Don't, don't reference. Yeah, don't reference but, the same word. But but yeah, he's this kind of like other figure of like, well, it's a perfectly natural desire both ways, and he's just fulfilling a need. Um, the the sex workers are also just fulfilling this need. Um, well, and and I mean, I, I kind of see what you're getting at, but I also think that we need to recognize what it's it's almost like there's a there's a, an ideal and then there's the reality of it, because mm. the ideal is what Angelo is striving for. And that's where you get the idea, like, as you said, they'd had sex a few months too early. Mm-hmm. But but in reality, what they did was not wrong. What mm-hmm. they did was totally valid and was and with like I said, in the eyes of the community, would have been seen as perfectly normal. Very similar to the way that the uh, the bods, Mistress Overdone and um, Pompey, would have, you know, in their capacity as either sex workers or, you know, involved with this lower class of people, quote unquote, mm-hmm. um, are fulfilling a service that in reality has always existed and will always exist and it almost seems like they're um they're providing the contrast to that that yeah there's this exalted ideal that yes nobody should have sex outside of marriage and everybody should be pure and virginal and but everybody should be Isabella yeah exactly yeah. but that is not a realistic expectation yeah. so here's this other side of things that can't be teased apart from the society in which we actually live let's Let's talk about that for a minute. Let's mm-hmm. let's look at that side of things because we do get some good scenes of of what Mistress Overdone's uh, situation is like mm-hmm. and how integral her her role is in providing these services for the men of the play or the men of Vienna. Um, I I think that's that's worth noting. It's it's kind of a positive representation of sex work mm-hmm. as an integral part of society as it kind of always has been oldest profession that's right, right. Yep. so yeah i mean having that contrasted with angelo's weirdly um Puritan paternalistic puritanical of, yeah. view of sex and only policing um sex that he deems 
oh, what's the word? Unethical? I'm like deviant. Yeah, yeah. Like it's because because the exact same thing that that Claudio and Julieta are being condemned for is what he does to Isabella. Arguably, it's worse because oh, it's many she's. Times worse. Oh yeah, not arguably. <laughs> There's no argument to be made. It is worse yeah. because she's. Uh, going to be a nun and she's devoted herself to a life of of yeah she wants to be a saint you yeah, know like yeah, yeah. and he's taking her from that yeah and and has no ability to to reflexively look on that and or self-reflexively examine his own well i mean he kind of does he knows that it's it's evil but he really just doesn't care well, and that's the thing yeah what what this boils down to is what republican and i'm gonna just throw it out <laughs> there guys it out it's there. getting political it's what all those you know homophobic senators and uh members of congress and members who who just they they're just so they try and ban these things and then they're caught in bathroom stalls doing the exact same thing that they're trying to ban it's like they don't recognize that humanity, their own humanity. Yeah. Angelo doesn't recognize that his needs are not. He's he hates what he is so much that he can't allow that to be part of who he is, and he has to punish everybody else. Yeah. I, I, ideology is a hell of a drug. It totally like, is. It, it Thank can, you. And it does. And it's it's interesting to view Angelo as a a conduit of divine power i mean the the, mm. the the essay that we uh will link to the folger uh modern perspective one it is it's a bit of a slog but there's some good points in there one of them is that yeah. um the duke is, as the divinely appointed secular authority really blurs the lines between what's illegal and what's a moral sin and uh he you get especially the sense, because he plays a friar for most of the yeah well, we'll, get, we'll get there too <laughs> but like you know he he's always had this secular power he's been the duke forever yeah um but he's never enforced these moral failings of uh sex workers and sex outside of marriage and all these things that are a puritan like angelo views as well the law has to step in and punish people for doing this yes. um and that's different from the duke's approach so you have this this um complicated web of uh justice sin punishment order Order. uh all tied together with sex and sex is this kind of locus of where all these things are meeting and being talked about well and it it really is the only thing that's being punished yeah like yeah like the the conversations (laughs) is there no other crime in yeah well (laughs) even even um the idea of of putting people to death is kind of like yeah. Pompey has that line that I'm struggling to remember. Yeah, he says something like, uh, "Oh yeah, a oh, just no, the, hangman or something." Yeah, yeah, like no, he's, he's like, "There's and the the uh, jailer guy too." He's like, "There's a feather. A feather will determine the weight between yeah. being a fornicator and uh, a hangman." Yeah, and it's like, "Well, no, one of them's killing people, one's just having sex." Yeah, like, you exactly. know, it's it's a very strange kind of uh, interpretation of 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 sin and morality to like equate these two things equally which we still inherit to this day that is where a lot of the republican ideology comes from is this christian understanding of sex is always evil unless it's in wedlock to produce babies which is really just a catholic dogma yeah the fact that evangelicals fall into it it's odd but anyways like this is where that that origin lay and that's why it's still so uh yeah, like you, Relevant you, as see, a play. you yeah, see yeah. or hear echoes of this in every time somebody brings up a trans bathroom bill or every time they try to defund Planned Parenthood. I mean, this is this is modern day topical stuff. This is the, the Puritans have just put on different clothing. Mm-hmm. 
um, and Nazi salute in the Capitol, yeah, I well, guess. Exactly, but, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's crazy shit like this that, um, that really, it's why I like this play because it does feel like it's, it's commenting in kind of a modern way about something that at this time was a pressing issue. The Puritans are 40 years away from taking power yeah. and instituting the kind of rule of law that Angelo is, uh, punished for it yeah. in this play. Yeah. So it's almost like this is like a foretelling of where things are going to go if you don't, you know, kind of ease up now. Um, and, and it's it's interesting that it is by far Shakespeare's most obsessed play with sex. Like it, oh, is, yeah. it is absolutely focused on sex is the driving force in every single character yeah. uh, for the entirety of the play, except the Duke. But even at the end, he lets up and yeah, yeah. shows where his dick's hanging. So, um, <laughs> and it, yeah. So, I mean like, yeah, there is something it's odd because like the rest of it, we talked about it in our women yeah. of Shakespeare and sex and Shakespeare, I think episode as well, how he dances around sex in a lot of cases, yeah. but this there, play focuses, it's the jokes and stuff yeah, like that. But yeah. yeah, here it's the it's central everything. crux of every, every interaction is based on am I going to have sex with this person have I had sex with this person is the sex I've had with this person lawful yes. and what do I do about it yeah. and so it's it's literally all about sex and, and that, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just interesting yeah yeah. it is for all all I have he has eaten me out of house and home um, the idea of of women being you know the virgin whore dichotomy, mm-hmm. right? Which really, when when it cuts down to when you cut it down to its essentials, every woman in the play, with the exception of Isabella, is a whore because they've all had sex. That's yeah. that's the the fundamental yeah. of it. There's just no getting around that. The men obviously don't have to deal with, you know, a character like Lucio can, um, yeah, father be, a child. Yep, and be it like, doesn't hey, matter. Just walk away. But yeah. he being married to a punk, as he calls it, yeah. um, is the worst thing because he'll be made a cuckold, right? Yeah. So the rules are very different for men and women. And that is also apparent when uh, Lucio, it, it he keeps talking. He won't <laughs> stop talking. And the women who are very mm. eloquent, um, Isabella has, you know, she's very well-spoken character mm-hmm. mariana is a very well-spoken even julietta when she has a chance to speak her two lines yeah yeah is you know it's a she loves him as much as she loves herself you know like that they're not they're not given the weight that a character like lucio is given every time lucio speaks somebody has to interrupt him to say you need to stop talking but he's allowed to keep talking whereas isabella is shut down and mariana is shut down and their their arguments are the idea that that a woman's worth can influence whether or not you listen to her or believe what she says i think well the- just in in general a woman doesn't have worth enough to allow them to be believed is is really pushed in in as a central theme in the play well i mean it's yeah it's it's again very topical in the sense that the women are just not believed yeah. and and angelo comes right out and says it to isabel after he asks her to sleep with him mm-hmm. he's like well and she's like oh i'm gonna go tell yell it in the streets that you did this and he's like well no one's gonna believe you i'm yeah. angelo and everybody I'm knows I, I'm, I'm i'm standing in here uh, i am the man and you're i've been pure to, yeah and you're just a woman and yeah. it, nobody will believe you and yeah. that is actually it's upheld and challenged within the play though because yeah. at the end um, the Duke uh, has, after he's returned as uh, 
after being the friar for most of the play, uh, he's returning as the Duke and he sets in motion this whole conflict scene yeah. where the women come out and complain about Angelo and yeah. confront him about what and he's he done. And he believes, he believes Angelo, the Duke believes Angelo and leads him well, down everybody this, else does yeah, right? Too, because right? the Duke does, so he, but he's orchestrating all of it. So really he's, he's. He's kind of a dick, but he's also a good ally in a, in a sense. It's I mean, he's really the whole last act slash yeah. scene is just set up for eventually when he reveals himself as, yeah. as the Duke uh, yeah. instead of being the friar. And it's it's a really good turnaround and it is very dramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it does just it calls into question all of his activities and all of his habits up to that point because yeah. he's he's just so inconsistent about supporting the women. I will say that the other thing that challenges that women can't be believed is that he believes Isabella when he hears Isabella tell uh, her brother. Uh, yes. What was his name again? Claudio. Claudio. Uh, that the Angelo has done this to yeah. her, has pro- propositioned her in this way, and the Duke slash Friar at that time doesn't have to believe her, but he does. And yeah. It, and partly, I think it's mostly because uh, he's met Isabella and he knows she's virginal and pure and everything, um, and. Or has he met her at that point? I don't, I don't think he has, but he knows Angelo. And yeah. he, I think he's... Well, and that's... Yeah. We'll, we'll get to yeah. the whole situation with him and Angelo in a second. But but it is it is worth noting that he does believe her right away. And yeah. he sets in motion this whole train of events that in eventually... In order to capture Angelo in the end. It, yeah. Um, but in doing so, he does string... He, he prolongs Isabella's torment yeah. to such a degree that it does seem like it's, it's pretty uh, abusive in a way. Yeah. He's not... He's like, not acting in her best interests for it doesn't, a lot of it. It doesn't feel like it. No. I mean, I, I did realize, I didn't notice this when I was reading, I missed this line, but when we were watching it the other day, uh, she does say, oh, and he, uh, the friar, because she doesn't know it's the duke at this time, the friar said that the duke may pretend to be against me for a right. while. And so it seems like maybe she's kind of in on it yeah. and maybe it's not so harsh and punishing, but it doesn't feel that way when you're, wa- when you're when first you're watching it. it. Or, yeah, yeah, because you're like, why is he, why isn't he not just confronting Angelo? He knows what's up. Yeah. But it's it's all setting in this this kind of justice well and 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 path and i think part of it it's it's a little subversive in the sense that he allows the duke allows all of these women that he has talked to as the friar to to say their piece and then he shuts them down mm-hmm. right but he he allows them the space to be able to say what they need to say and then reveals in the end, that everything they said was true. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a powerful rhetorical device that yeah. you, when you when you have an audience and there is an audience there that's watching all of this happen, um, the, the people of Vienna, um, when, when you have them coming along with you for most of it and then you turn it on its head like that with that twist... Yeah. I think that's a much more powerful thing than for the Duke to just come out with Angelo by the ear and say, you did all this stuff and this is, it's much more powerful that way. And I mean, the optimist in me wants to think that, you know, after this, all those people will be like, well, maybe I should listen to my wife. Maybe I should listen to my daughter. Maybe they're telling the truth, you know, the, (laughs) probably not, I know, I know, I know, but I just, I think it's, it's an interesting rhetorical way to get around that that it, problem absolutely and, and you're right i mean that is it is quite quite a shift and it really does work wonders like i, I was expecting it to be like really hokey when because the the stage direction is just like he takes off the yeah. friar's robe and everyone sees he's the duke but even in the bbc production the yeah. 79 i think bbc production that we watched it was actually quite powerful to watch it because you're like 
yeah, this is the guy who's both been saying Angela's a great guy and these women are mm-hmm. are should be believed. They're both the same person. Yeah. In to an extent, he kind of does believe that Angelo is a good person, even though he's done wrong. Um, at the same, and he also believes the women when they say that Angelo's done a wrong yeah. thing, right? Yeah. And it's it's, it's kind of like you can say you can be both yeah. a good person and do bad things. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little morally complicated. Yeah. For sure. Sorry, just before we move on quickly, uh, the other instance of women not being believed with men are, yeah. just quickly, it's it's worth noting, is Mistress Overdone, yes. when she's arrested, she says, oh, what about, I know, this guy Lucio, I I know he had a, he had a child with a, a girl, one of the girls who works at this mm-hmm. brothel, um, you should go find him, and the guy's like, ah, you're just making shit up, get out of my eyes and then like the next scene lucio's telling the duke slash friar oh yeah i totally banged up this this chick the a couple years ago and she brought me the kid and i was like get away from me why would i do this um and it's so it's again it's this one very much reinforces it but again to the audience i think you can see like no mistress overdone was was there too she she knew what was actually happening well and and also i mean lucio is just an interesting character because Mm -hmm. he's He's helpful. He's the one who who really does set into motion the Isabella's yeah. part part in the story. He's a friend of Claudio's and goes to find her at the the nunnery. I'm gonna bring her back to Vienna. But um, but by the end of the play, I mean he's met the friar, doesn't recognize him as the duke, and says horrible things about the duke, and then turns around and in that final scene slash act um, says the friar is the one who said all these horrible things about the duke and of course the duke is listening to this knowing that like you were talking to me you didn't even realize it so like the idea that women can't be believed when we've seen with our own eyes that they are absolutely telling the truth and yet this man who is foppish in a way rakish in a way um definitely a, a higher class gentleman yeah. who's done horrible things and we've seen him lie. It It is, again, very subversive. Why are we not believing a future nun and a poor woman <laughs> like Mariana who just wants to be Angelo's wife? Yeah. But automatically we believe a, a dick like Lucio? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it does make you question who has value. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I... I mean, sure, there's arguments to be made that the play was um, edited afterwards and that these aren't necessarily Shakespeare's entire words proper. But it's still a play in the 17th century that is presenting truthful women and lying scoundrels. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. And and not, <laughs> and forcing you to confront that. I think that's that's subversive and quite... Um, interesting. Yeah. Not that I'm saying again that Shakespeare was a feminist, but no. he certainly doesn't seem to be condemning these women the way that um, you might expect. Well, exactly, and other and, people to do. And, and that's kind of the the through line of this play is that it Shakespeare is ultimately a conservative in a lot of in yeah. a lot of ways. He he does uphold the social mores of the time. Mm-hmm. There's no way he couldn't, or else yeah. his plays wouldn't get put on. Um, but they do challenge things at the same time. They might yeah. arrive back at the same thing. Like everything is set to right in by a man in a position of power, uh, and he marries the woman of his dreams. Kind of like it's it's yeah. a very still male centered uh, sense of power and, and honesty. Mm-hmm. And the duke does act as the ultimate arbiter yeah. of honesty and truth and everything in the in this situation. But but, but that, that process, yeah, yeah, exactly. Within that area, he he dives in and challenges things, and it's it's um it's kind of the sim- similar with the whole. Uh, maiden wife, uh, whore, and nun 
situation he challenges like well where that there there are lines between those four yeah that everyone's kind of on at any point in time again uh isabel is not a full-on nun yeah not uh, yet because she hasn't taken her final vows like there's a line at the start when you first meet her it's like well once you've taken your vows you'll mm-hmm. never speak to a man again mm-hmm. or if you speak you can't see him yeah like, you can never have both visual and auditory connection to a man ever again yeah. so she's in this in-between place as well yeah. um so just it's it's really interesting to see shakespeare within these tightly bound societal structures that Angelo and the Puritans uh, want to enforce on everybody, he's saying, well, look at all these yeah. other characters who are in is it Is it as cut and dried? Can we be this strict with things? Should we even be doing this? Which is maybe a question we can talk about at the end. Is is sex even something, or morality in general, something that we should even be policing at all? Mm-hmm. Um, good questions that Shakespeare is asking here. Okay. You horse and cur. No, no. Thou stool for a witch. I do, do, thou sudden witted lord. Thou hast no more brain than a honey man else. That brings us to uh, some of the. We've mentioned it throughout already, but yeah. some of these characters are really interesting. And I think the Duke is obviously yeah. uh, prime target number uno there that was <laughs> three versions of the number one. Because uh, he, is, he is this kind of odd primary character where you. Yeah. you don't really know what he's doing and then all of a sudden about halfway through the second act he's really he starts taking over and mm-hmm. he becomes the influencer of all the actions that follow um and it, it is a strange situation for him because he, he leaves his post uh claiming that uh the laws are not enforced strictly enough and i can't do it so i'm gonna put leave angelo in charge because i know he's a hard ass and he's gonna bring the city to rights yeah. because he's gonna take care of everybody by punishing the wicked yeah um but then by the end, he doesn't let Angelo punish anybody, and he doesn't punish anybody either. He literally, he sets them up for punishment. He's going to kill Angelo because yeah. Angelo tried to kill uh, was, Claudio. He was Claudio and was a bad guy, basically, and tried mm-hmm. to rape Isabella. Uh, and then he doesn't punish him. Mm-hmm. So the, the whole Duke arc is very strange because he starts off in one way and he, he ends the play in the exact same place but in the middle he's had this this interesting journey where i mean this is a pretty common trope at the time where you have a leader who dresses up as somebody else to infiltrate we saw it with henry v yep. as he goes out the night before the battle and talks with his men um but usually it's so that they can find out how they're being perceived and and correct their you know misjudgments or or learn how to rule better mm-hmm. um in this way the I think the biggest theme of of deception that yeah. comes out that uh, throughout the play in in many different ways, um, it's used very interestingly with the Duke because his deception to become a friar. He admits he always wanted to be a friar. He always thought he would he would do well as a friar. Mm-hmm. Um, not the first time that a Shakespearean <laughs> leader has said, "I wish mm-hmm. I could tend, tend sheep." sheep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he he uses that inappropriately in a lot of ways he he counsels claudio before his execution and he um counsels julietta he counsels isabella they believe him to be a man of the cloth and he's not yeah he's a duke sure he has this divine right yeah but he's not a friar he's yeah. not a, a member a learned, of any yeah, holy order yeah, or yeah. anything yeah. so it's it his deception is no 
better or worse than the bed trick deception yeah. when he which he sets up <laughs> yeah. to say Isabella tell Angelo you'll sleep with him but really we're going to put his betrothed yeah. the woman that he left at the altar in the bed and how Angelo doesn't know that it's her I mean you can talk about that I think it's hilarious that she's well, 30 seconds is enough just... time to figure it out <laughs> but it's still funny that it it says something about sex the, and and the role that women and men play in the bedroom in this time and maybe today <laughs> that you could confuse someone so easily, yeah. right? I mean, it's just funny to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that that deception, even though it's used to serve a moral good, I think it's still deception and it's mm-hmm. still wrong but it's not as wrong as what falsely, angelo does yeah, yeah like yeah. falsely accusing someone or punishing someone for i think i think this is we don't know why the duke really does put angelo in charge i well, think there's i the way i understood it at the beginning was when i was first reading and i'm like okay he's too weak to enforce his own rules so he's gonna let somebody else do it but the minute he leaves he's like i'm positive that Angelo's going to fuck this up so I'm going to hang around and just see how yeah. bad it is yeah. and it's like well then why are you doing it like yeah. I don't I don't understand his reasons for doing that but he's the fact remains that he's that he does it and he's setting up um a, a kind of like I mentioned earlier this idea of of power corruption power mm. corrupting people yeah. and and yet in the end the the way the duke is is using his power is to uphold the spirit of the law whereas angelo was upholding the letter of the law yeah right yeah and so it's two sides of the same coin they're both seeking justice they're just seeking it in different ways and i think that that informs obviously informs the duke's decision to grant be merciful to grant pardons for everybody and allow everybody to go off their merry way even um uh bernard bernardine no what was the guy's name the guy in prison oh yeah bernardine or something yeah i can't remember his name but he he's he's even set free they were gonna kill him and pretend he was claudio and he was too drunk to be executed um so he's set free it's like okay like um it's just it it does elevate the the idea of um just justice mm-hmm. right and yeah. and i really do think it 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 i i still don't know why the duke does this i don't know why he puts angelo in charge unless it's for his own enjoyment but i mean at the well, end of I the mean, day his his version of justice is is much more i mean there's lenient. also the point that the duke isn't married has no children yeah um which comes to play in that final scene as well was he testing out Angelo as like his replacement, perhaps, you know, mm. like because he's, yeah, he's going to pass away. But like, then he goes and asks Isabella to marry him anyway. So, I mean, he's probably going to have a baby. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, at the start of the play, he's not I right? guess. like maybe maybe this is just an elaborate test for Angelo and Angelo fails miserably. Yeah. But within that failure, uh, he can learn about the spirit of the law and he can Angelo learn. To, can. Yeah, Angelo yeah. can. And he can learn to accept his human qualities, including desire and the fact. And now he's married well, and he has this he has this uh, tie to the mortal world, whereas before it seems like he's trying to institute heaven on earth. Right. Yeah, like exactly. A, the very Puritan kind of approach. Right. But the, but I don't know if, if he's changed enough at the end. Like there, yeah, there really isn't not, a sense that he's learned from this. He's kind of forced to 
stay with Marianna. He, he and... does apologize as soon as he finds out it's the Duke who was the friar. He he apologizes and he's like, "Yes, I've I've been the most evil person. I was right." I mean, he just it's because he gets caught. Exactly. Absolutely. Thank you. But <laughs> you know, it's I don't think it's completely invalid to say that he might. Uh, have experienced some growth through this process maybe. through being maybe. caught and uh facing up to what he's done maybe. maybe it's possible it's possible um i think it's interesting to talk about isabella as the pure character who mm. um does end up getting married or or is heading off to that in the end you think maybe maybe, maybe. yeah the text is super ambiguous yeah. she, she doesn't say anything she doesn't say anything she gets but it no is voice implied that she is possibly i think there's lots of ways you can stage yeah. that in the essay again it was it said there's there's tons of different interpretations sure, of that because yeah. very because similar to to um two gentlemen of verona where you yeah. have the the scene at the end where the women are talked about but not yes. you know and then and then watching that performed and seeing how uh, a a stage production or a film production can play with that yeah. i yeah i could see that and it, it's interesting that it does undercut some of the whole the the weight of shakespeare saying well listen to women because mm-hmm. at the end they don't get any voice it's literally just the duke going on for the last two pages yeah. about oh i've said everything right measure for measure and what's mine is yours and what's yours is mine yeah what's mine is yours and what is yours is mine so you have that and then you have uh isabella not getting any lines and it's yeah. it's just like it's really hard to to kind of square those away mm-hmm. um the play does feel like it's wrapping up but give Isabella uh, a reason. Maybe maybe he, maybe Shakespeare wanted this to remain ambiguous, that you have the Duke now giving in to his own temptation right. for Isabella, and maybe he didn't want it fully explained. He didn't want to dive into what that meant very much. He just wanted to say, hey, the Duke's a person too, right. all along. But I feel like the play is a, a little weaker for for not get, granting Isabella that that response. It is, it is interesting to talk about Isabella, though, as, as kind of a a bland character she's not really yeah. um as much as her speech is beautiful and and the points she makes are valid and and it's interesting the way that she is um i guess set up to fall in a way because she's such a pure character and of course this is going to be the way that that she's tested and yeah. um to not only be tested by angelo but then by her own brother who's like wait a minute, you could just sleep with him? And, and how bad can that be? Like, death is death. But, you know, you just have to, you know. Give up your 30 soul. seconds. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, to her, she thinks of this as, like, the end of the world. And, and that really is her whole personality, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of... Yeah, and that, I mean, that, I'm not surprised yeah. that that is. It's very similar to Angelo. Angelo's whole personality is his is his purity. Yeah, right. And when that is revealed to be a farce, then then he gets interesting. Well, exactly, and she doesn't get that. She yet. doesn't, she doesn't get, get that that, de- that depth, which and, is I mean, maybe, kind of again, why I hope that she gets married because I think that adds something to her character. I would want to hear that exactly, but, and that and that's that, exactly that's the point. Like because yeah. you don't actually get her yeah. saying anything to that, you don't get that yeah. that deeper expression, which is which a little is a shame. disappointing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, let's talk about Claudio a little bit too then, because he's kind of, um, 
yeah, like the everyman, right? The guy who's, yeah. he's accepted his fault in this, that they were waiting for a dowry that didn't come or it was yeah. it's lodged with a friend or something like that. Which is so, also a nice parallel to Angelo's story with yes. Mariana, where he was going to marry her and then her dowry fell into the sea and he was like, well, With her you. brother yeah. who died, the poor woman. And, and then, then he's like, oh, her virtue is besmirched, so yeah. I can't be with her anymore. And it's yeah. like, Angelo, you cad. Um, but yeah, so, so yeah, nice parallel. But also, um, there's no, like, he and Julieta absolutely love each other. He's a good person, except in the way that he, he treats Isabella and, and her virtue. He just doesn't I'm, see the the yeah. importance of that. And, I mean, as yeah. a sister of brothers, sometimes <laughs> I love my brothers, but they just don't, they don't get what's important to me. I don't get what's important well, to them. Well, I mean, if they were going to die, no, well, would yeah. you change what's important to you to, to save them? I mean, and that's, and that's and- actually... exactly right well no and and literally like isabella views this as her soul this is her calling is to become a saint and if she gives into angelo she will lose that and she she almost sees his his death claudio's death as being one and done and then you go to heaven Mm -hmm. and that's you know with no stain on your soul basically because what you've done is not that bad but if you if you make me do this i will die every day for the rest of my life because of the sin of sex which is again just baffling but that's how she views the world it's the lens through which she views her worth as a woman and her place in society and and it's sad because she she seems to she's She's left to go to the nunnery to escape this. Yeah, all of these mortal yeah, concerns. Like right, sex, like yeah. Vienna has devolved into this cesspool of <laughs> debauchery. Sex and debauchery. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she wants to remove herself and she just gets pulled right back in. You know, it's the Godfather. <laughs> it's the Godfather right? again, yeah. But, uh, and, and Claudio is the one doing the pulling in, yeah. in a lot of ways, which yeah. is kind of shitty of him to, to not be more supportive. But, in a way, you kind of understand it because well, he's death, like, and and all he did was have sex with his his hand fasted wife, yeah. and it's it it is a strange thing, and I think it's meant to be because the audience at the time, as we've said, would have recognized what Julietta and Claudio did as perfectly valid legal. Yeah, yeah. Just to explain the hand fasting, it was like it was an old Celtic and other ritual. Like uh, lots of places practiced it uh, before Christianity, and so it's kind of persisted throughout the thing. It's Mm -hmm. just like something you did. It was like an engagement more than anything. Probably it's like now that we've they literally wrap their hands together. We can link to the the Wikipedia entry if you're not familiar with it. But yeah, it was basically the first step in marriage for you know commoners and even some yeah. And And then because in the Catholic Church and later in the Church of England to this day, if you want a church wedding, you need to have a reading of the bands for three consecutive weekends in a row sundays in a row um at which point anybody can come forward if they have qualms about the the marriage going forward there's a period of time in which um it's public knowledge but it hasn't happened yet and that's this period of time that claudio and um julietta Julietta find themselves and it's also where angelo and mariana have been for the last five years because they they were hand fasted according to her and he left her. Yeah. He he broke off that engagement. So the the muddy morality of of medieval when, when marriage is, well, exactly. or when Renaissance are you actually marriage, married? when are you actually married, is a well, central question. And the church, of course, has you know the final say, and and it says it's not until before. But the they gone. understand yeah. that nobody nobody is put to death for yeah. sex outside of marriage in Shakespeare's day. No, especially so, not for when you are about to be married. Exactly. Which is, again. 
Shakespeare himself <laughs> was likely in this kind of scenario with Anne Hathaway. Whether it was out of wedlock or they had been handfasted, she was pregnant when they were married. So, I mean, it's 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 not not the. <laughs> this does not happen anywhere in Western yeah. Europe anyway. Well, and, that, and that's why the play is is interesting because the whole audience is on the side of everybody but Angelo. Yeah. Um, He's kind of an, a perfect villain in yeah, a weird yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. He is, he is the Puritan Who in an age of... Who gets a redemption of a yeah, little bit at the end. Yeah, it, yeah, the Puritan in the age when nobody likes Puritans. Yeah. And so he's, 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 yeah, he's a perfect villain in that way. I think it's also yeah. interesting, though, that he is... When you mentioned how Isabella is pure and so mm-hmm. is Angelo, they really are uh, paralleled to one oh, another as 100%, well. Like yeah. I, I really didn't pick up on it until uh, you just mentioned that, like how Angelo really is the male equivalent. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that says a lot about how easy males are to uh, fall from God, as it were, because he, he literally just has to talk to her for five minutes and he's he's all of a sudden a, a warm-blooded a norm, man, yeah, yeah. just like everyone else. Well, and, and, and interestingly that, you know, the Duke says something very similar that he could have been a man of God. He could have, would have enjoyed this life, but he, he's a Duke. He's leading Vienna. Um, and in that way, he still has a kind of divine presence. Mm-hmm. Um, for a woman, that doesn't exist. You can't be um, a secular divine figure. It doesn't happen. You're either a virgin or a whore. And that is carried through. I mean, it carries through to conversations to this very day when, you know, women are blamed for what they wear when they're raped. And yeah. and so this is the kind of stuff that, um, that really does set up for Angelo. He's... He's able to be judge, jury, executioner. He's God. He's mm-hmm. he is acting out his his godly fantasies on the people of Vienna because he's able to. It's mm-hmm. a role that's been allowed to him. Men are allowed to have multiple roles like this. And he doesn't see any problem. He kind of does, but not really enough mm-hmm. to change it in the way that he condemns Claudio for what he himself is is hoping to do and eventually does do, but with Mariana. So, um, so yeah, I mean, his... The parallels are that they both, they both strive for a kind of pure... Um, divinity, I guess, in mm-hmm. in their own way. Um, yeah, but, but but Angelo's comes with power attached. Angelo's and absolutely that's what comes with power again. attached. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and 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 Isabella will never have that kind of power, no. and especially not if she accepts. If we if we go through with her accepting mm. the Duke's, um, well, she'll, she'll be, be the Duchess. she'll be the Duchess, but it's still going to be that's she's just going to be a wife. She's and maybe a mother, but she'll never be a virgin. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. where that's an exalted position for a woman to have. If I longer stay, we shall begin our ancient bickerings. So this episode's ancient bickerings. Is uh, this our fiftieth episode, by the way? Yes, it is. I our think fi- if we've counted yeah. properly, we've, which we, we might do. not have. Yeah, we're not great at math. Uh, but yeah, this might be our fiftieth, which is almost yeah. means almost two years of doing this Shakespeare podcast yeah. on top of Twin Peaks, mm-hmm. on top of everything we did with David Lynch, and Mark Frost. Yeah, because we started on Shakespeare's birthday. That's a month from now. There you go. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be next. There you go. There you go. Uh, so yeah, thank you. On this 50th uh, bickering session, uh, we wanted to discuss, well, I, I think it's interesting that at the end of the play, again, we touched on it. Uh, the Duke comes in, institutes a form of justice. Yes. But it's a justice consisting of punishing people 
or threatening punishment for all of them, them and then pardoning them. Yes. Except for Lucio, possibly he, he gets his punishment of being forced to marry, yeah. but it's the same as Angelo. Like he could do much worse to Lucio. Oh, for sure. Like insulting the Duke and stuff, um, or for insulting the Duke. Um, but everybody else who is punished is threatened with it and then immediately given a reprieve. Yeah. So the question is this, Lindsay, do you, does anybody in this play in your estimation get what they deserve at the end? I think Angelo does. I think Angelo gets what he deserves. Okay. Um, I think Angelo, as we've mentioned, has this very complicated uh, view of himself, um, a much more embiggened, it's a new word I just Mm -hmm. coined, view of himself. and, um, And he uses that to wield extraordinary power over people who have less than he does. Um, that view of himself, he's taken down quite a few notches in this final act and in the end is forced to marry a woman that he had no intentions of marrying because, uh, ostensibly because her dowry falls through and, and that he made up some story about how, about her virtue. Mm -hmm. So decides he's not going to marry her, but he has to contend with the fact that he did sleep with her and that kind of concludes the betrothal um even though he thought it was isabella that that would have been a a much bigger sin he he committed it he was going along with that lie and now he has to um he has to live with the consequences of that and Mm. the consequences of that are not as bad as they could have been but they're still not what he wanted i don't think he wants to marry mariana at the end oh absolutely not and so I'm happy that he leaves the stage unhappy. And I think that is, that to me feels like justice for him. Yeah, to an extent. It's it's an appropriate, because nobody died. What, what Angelo did, he, what yeah. he thought people had died. He did go back on his word to Isabella. He did continue to order Claudio's execution. Yeah. Um, See that, and that's why I don't think he got. I think he deserved to die. I think I think that would have changed the Duke's final act in a very good way for the play. To say like, okay, here I left in order because I didn't think the laws were being enforced strictly enough. Um, The greatest rule of law is that the, the the justice must be even and fair and. Angelo failed at that miserably. He was a terrible human being. He raped a woman uh, and didn't didn't even confess to it and didn't even follow through on his half of the bargain that allowed him to rape her. He deserves death for that. But but it's not... It's not very Christian. No, and I don't even care about that. I just think it's not in keeping with the Duke's personality. And it's it also... But the Duke... Not, no one was actually hurt by what psychologically yes but everybody survives at because the end. of the duke if the duke had yes. been there it would have been but the duke was there and you can't live in what ifs and i think that's i think the, I think enough, the, the duke's actions at the end baffling as they are are in keeping with. are in keeping with his character yeah. and i think that angelo does have a bit of an about face i'd forgotten about his mea culpa yeah um even though it's just because he's gotten caught i still think it's important that he has that moment of recognition and that he unlike lucio he doesn't complain about marrying marianne i think he's accepted the fact that he's going to marry her and he has to stay with her and that's um 
I I hope that he would have changed and that he wouldn't have seen he he's yeah. seen the air of his well, ways. Well, just like well, just like Isabella, we don't get any final words from him. No, and and that is also fitting. Like he doesn't deserve to have final words. I don't want him to have final words. I want him to. But again, I I think it would have helped define his character and Isabella's if they did react to the Duke's final decisions, and they don't. And it's 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 a sure. nice ambiguity of the play, I guess, but it's also. It leaves me wanting to say, like, okay, well, who were they in the end that they made? They had to make, deal with these decisions and these these questions put to them, um, and we don't really get that. And I think there there's a lot to be revealed in their characters in how they respond to that, and we don't get that. So I I, I think it's kind of a failing of the play, but it's also in keeping with the play, yeah, um, to an extent. So I get it. It's almost like this is a problem play. <laughs> but it is. I mean, it there's wedding, but no. there's weddings at the end, right? It's a yeah, very, but, but it's it, very but, comedic. But it's not. It's not cut and dried. Oh, absolutely not. And that's what it is considered a but problem it, play. So I mean, it's yeah, it's to an extent, yeah. It's not. It was it was listed as a comedy in the yeah. in the well, folio, I mean, but it's not. Um, it, it, the problem aspects of the problematic aspects of it. It's not a satisfying ending, and it doesn't. Yeah, there are marriages, but. Does it lead to happy endings? Is it going to make everything better? I don't think well, it is. I think the yeah. only the only couple that ends up happy at the end is is Claudio and Julieta. <laughs> and that that by the way is my answer to the to the oh, question. Okay. Does anybody get what they deserve? Yeah, Claudio and Julieta. Uh, they they yeah, really do. They do get what they deserve. Um, but my my main point was going to be about Angelo and how he does not get what he deserves. In my opinion, but, I think it's I think it's. I think you're right. I think the Duke would be, if he punished Angelo to death, he would be following through on the same exactly. uh, misguided principle exactly. as Angelo does. And, and but I think there, there's no reason not to do that because that's why is. he left Angelo yeah, in charge. Yeah, no, no, no. But I, I, did you hear that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's, <laughs> what am I saying? Um, it's the idea of a measure for measure, an eye for an eye, a, a, a death yeah. for a death. I mean, nobody died. Why does Angelo have to die? It wouldn't have been... It it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit the ethos of the play. I right? agree, I agree absolutely. I think I think Angela this is the only way the play it was going to end yeah, yeah, yeah. as it was written. I think if you change that ending, the no. play changes drastically. Yes, it Your becomes reading of the whole it, play it, becomes it, much darker. Yes, and that would and be worse. I don't think it would be a better play for it. I think, I think it would. But I I think what I think the duke I think would finally show some vengeance, character. and I don't think no, that no 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 I'm 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 seeking a, a duke who has some reason for setting the whole play in motion in the first place. No, I think I think what the he duke doesn't. did. No, he does. I think what he's you just done, said that he didn't when we were talking about it. You're no, like, I don't know why he. Did I don't this. know why he did, but I think by the end of the play, there's kind of a reason for it because the way that he's the permissiveness, I guess. It's not like Vienna was a bad place to be. It's just a sexual place to be, mm. and so if if being a firm leader means being against sex. And punishing sexuality and punishing people for engaging in in lustful activities. But, but that's not what he would be punishing no, Angelo. No, I know that, but that's what Angelo. That's what led him to do the things that he did was sexual madness, and so it's just like it doesn't it doesn't fit. It's not it does not keep with the with the character of the Duke, and his way of ruling is merciful yes it is tempered Mm -hmm. it's a lot more fun oh yeah and i think that (laughs) is where the play wants you to be at the end it doesn't want you to be 
with the in the dungeons with the hangman as as hilarious as Pompey is. <laughs> that's not where the play it, it shouldn't be there. Sex because sex is the thing that's being punished here in okay. most in most cases, but Angelo is not being punished, would not be punished for that. In my ending, you did say that he raped fic, someone. You did say that he. Yeah, but that's not why he gets punished. He gets punished for lying about it and not fulfilling his half of the truth and killing Claudio, anyways, or trying to. I That's what I think the Duke needs to punish him for. But is, he owns up for, to it and he does get punished. He has to marry the woman that he left at the altar and, and, and suffer the fitting, indignity yes, of. of yes being with someone beneath this station that he's imagined for himself. And I think that's what uh, he is... He wouldn't have much of a station if his head was cut off. Well, and that's that's your opinion. <laughs> your opinion is wrong. I'm not mad or anything. I'm just saying. I just think that it's... it. You have to... If, if Measure for Measure is the name of the play and the yes. name of the game... Yes. The yes. name of the game is Measure for Measure. <laughs> you can't just say, "Well, you know." Okay, yeah, I, lies, I get, I get it. murder. Just, we're gonna we're gonna chop your head it's off. It's not lies. You lied. It's it's abuse of power, and that's what okay. the play starts off exploring, and it leaves yes. it behind because because nobody it, ended up hurt. Yes, the Duke that's was true. able. The that's Duke, true. Was, the Duke able was able to, to save the day. Yes, so, he was able to day sex so, everybody. Yeah, exactly. And so there's no no harm, no foul. Everything. The only guy who died was the pirate, and he died of natural causes apparently. And so they just used him to pretend. And that's that's the end of it. Right. Now we don't know what's happening with the uh, sex workers and and Mr. Silverdone. Um, it does leave a very sour taste in my mouth about the way that um, Lucio and and I forget his. I don't think they ever name her. No, I think she is named. She does have a name. I thought it started with an F, but Featherbottom. Uh, nope, nope, don't think so. That was that was uh, rest of Development. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> um, but I mean, and and for a play that is so obsessed with sex and punishing sex and and everything, it it does feel a little bit. It's not a satisfying ending in any way, shape, or form. Some bad sex. But <laughs> I I think that it, in the end, I don't know. I think Angela's the answer. I do think, for, for your point, I do think Claudio and Julieta do get what they deserve. With the exception of Claudio being a dick to Isabella. I think he was going to die. You beg for your life. Yeah, you beg anybody to do anything I for know, that point. She was really serious about becoming a nun. <laughs> I mean, that's her <laughs> career soul. choice, you know, death. death, you know, yeah, I totally get it. It's the same. Parting is such sweet sorrow that I shall say goodnight till it be morrow. Where are we going next, Aiden? Next, we are doing comedically Shakespeare, which is just a discussion of the comedy of Shakespeare and the Shakespeare's comedies and uh, mining using... Shakespeare's life for comedy. Yes, we are mining definitely going to be touching on the world Upstart of Crow. Shakespeare for comedy. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we're just going to discuss all things comedic in Shakespeare. And then after that, I we're believe going deep. It's Othello. Yeah. <laughs> Jealousy, again, Total sex, change. Yep. deception, violations, yep. murder. Yep. Um, it's it's a gooder. I'm I'm excited for for Othello. And after that one, we have jealousy and infidelity yeah. in Shakespeare, which is very timely with Othello. Obviously, we we time we ta- we do we, we plan, did that. plan that. A little bit, um, but. but yeah, it'll be another good one to discuss that because it has come up in a lot of plays and a lot of different angles on it, and will continue to come up. I think in much more interesting ways as we go along. I think yeah. Again, as Winter's Shakespeare tale. Yep, matures. Yep. The nuances start to come out. The you get a 
a character like Othello murdering Desdemona is very different. If if that had been written ten years earlier, you you have a very different Othello, mm-hmm. I think. So, well, you have Aaron the Moor instead of Othello the Moor, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, looking for. I haven't read Othello in years. Yeah, I think I read it probably. in high school. I think, and not just for fun. I was just like, oh, I'm going to read more Shakespeare. And wow, you were a-, a nerd even back then. Yeah, that's why you married me. Actually. True story, folks. We were cleaning out our closet in preparation for a renovation project that we're doing and uh, just decluttering on the way to moving out. And we opened up a box of things that we'd had shoved up in a closet since we moved in here. And uh, and there were a bunch of keepsakes in there. And Aiden pulled out um, a drawing that he'd done. Maybe I'll take a picture or scan it or something and put it on the website because you guys need to see this. Did I keep it? Uh, yeah, it's it's in the box. I'm <laughs> okay. looking at the box right now that right. it's in. Um of uh if you're familiar with star trek you'll you should oh, yeah. be familiar with okay, uh, memory alpha the website that it's basically an encyclopedia of aiden was making memory alpha as a six-year-old or a seven-year-old um he i had drawn, the specs for yep. two different shuttlecraft on uh there. no yeah. more than two different shuttlecraft i think there were quite a few different uh i also drew out space battles you like did. i would have like a yes. romulan bird of prey attacking the enterprise and then i'd have some other federation ships attacking and i'd show their shield strength and everything it was that's why nerdy. I married there him. You go. That's, That's why it. I married him. <laughs> Nerdiness. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So I guess you reading Othello in high school when you didn't have to fits, fits the bill. So yeah. Great success. <laughs> You can find all our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast fix. If you want to tell us what you think of Shakespeare, his plays, poems, or any of the topics we discuss, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us on Twitter, that's at TheBixPod, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TheBixPod, or by email at TheBixPod at gmail.com. That's our cue to exit.